Okay, so what's this questionnaire you got for us tonight? Yeah. All right, Zach, you'll probably be a little more familiar with this questionnaire, I, I think, oh, okay. than, than Jonathan will. Um, so our cold open topic tonight, uh, we're covering Gigi, and I couldn't really think of a great cold open. Um, so I thought, hey, let's do the uh, the Inside the Actor Studio questionnaire. Oh. <laughs> Been a while since I've watched that, to be honest. So I know, right. I, I know one question. My favorite question. So, okay, and we'll get there. Yeah. All right. So this is the uh, this is the questionnaire that James Lipton used to ask at the end of every episode of Inside the Actor Studio. There's ten questions, and I thought, hey, let's all answer them together. Okay. Hey. All right. So question number one: What is your favorite word? Hmm. Psychopomp. Ooh, nice. Mine is onomatopoeia. It's a good word. Yeah, I'd like. I, although I really feel like onomatopoeia should be an onomatopoeia. <laughs> yeah, it it feels that way. I'm gonna say voluptuous. You oh. would, like, you <laughs> fucking would. Of course you would. <laughs> Good old yeah. Squirter McCoy. Yep. <laughs> Predictable. Unreliable. Uh, all right. So, what is your least favorite word? Gash. Well. Now, there's five I don't say, so that, you know, other than straight up vulgar. Uh, well, <laughs> we'll we'll cut out any racial epithets. Yeah. Uh, uh, because I feel like that's just kind of yeah. given. Yeah. Well, it's. Um, I know Jonathan, for a fact, likes this word. We talked about it, but I just don't like the see you next Tuesday word. OK. <laughs> It's it's a good word. Um, uh, I think mine is epic. Oh yeah. I, I so, feel like I feel like it's been overused and now it's meaningless. Fair enough. Yep. What turns you on? <laughs> Go ahead, Zach. Well, uh, you know, kind eyes, a warm smile, red hair, and booty. But uh, yeah, and uh, my answer is also Zach's wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, noted. Let me. Okay, I'm gonna say I'll add you to the list. Sorry. <laughs> Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm turns me on. Yeah. Yeah, laughing at my jokes. Yeah, I just I'm rock hard. Second, you <laughs> laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Zach, I think we just made him very horny. <laughs> Uh, what turns you off? The word no. <laughs> like, I'm dead serious. Like, I if I hear the word no, I'm just like, no, I just know I'm not getting laid now. So, well, <laughs> I guess mine is sort of similar, not the exact word no, but um, uh, obvious disinterest or uh, indifference. Yep. And smoking, too, sometimes for cigarette smoking. I don't know. I'm one of those old school guys. That's, like, that's just how she gives blowies. We know it. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I, I really I don't mean these things, by the way. I just want people to know. That. <laughs> Every joke has a half truth. Um, I honestly don't know my answer. Um, I'm I'm gonna think on this one, and somebody try to hold me accountable to answer it at the end of this. Okay. okay. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? Um, 
the laughter of my children. You're so corny. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> Milk and Rice Krispie treats. Or Rice Krispies. <laughs> oh, that old snack crackle. Dude, snap crackle snap pop, crackle. dude. Just damn it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I hate to kind of copy Zach, but specifically baby laughter. Yo, my kid just does not laugh ever. She'll she smiles there. all the fucking time, but she yeah. just she every now and again. But when she laughs, she goes, hey, hey, hey. Have you tried blowing, blowing raspberries on her neck? Yeah, that's the only time she'll do that. She's just placating me. Like It's real specific baby laughter, like. I like the laughter of my children, but when they were yeah. babies, it was it was the most exciting. I just love it when they uh, like you do something. <laughs> it's just so fulfilling them thinking you're the funniest thing in the world. I know it'll fade in a few years, <laughs> but just when you can make them laugh so hard and they can't control it. It's my favorite thing. Oh, you know what? I'm going to change mine to the 20th Century Fox fanfare. <laughs> Ooh, nice. <laughs> Very good. Because it immediately puts the Star Wars uh, opening theme in my head. Yeah. Personally, if I was going to go with any of that, it'd be the silence in between. When the Lucasfilm logo pops up. Just (laughs) right before the scroll. Yep. Oh. All right. What sound or noise do you hate? Whining. Whining. Any kind of whining sound makes me want to punch a baby. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's bad because usually not my baby, not my baby, but ah, <laughs> uh, baby, just some random man see a stroller. I hear a whine. <laughs> um, oh, circus music. <laughs> uh, okay, so whenever I what? So there's a problem with that because carousel music is almost the same as circus music, but it's, I enjoy carousels. Mm, mm. I, I don't like it until I see the carousel. And I'm like, okay, I'm safe. Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, the problem with mine is the moment I start thinking about it, my chest tightens and I start Uh-oh. getting shivers down my spine. The sound of... <laughs> the sound of people running fingernails across uh, holograms it makes me almost vomit. God, I love that sound uh, so I much. Hate it I know. So much. Holograms? Yeah. Like it's almost like the corduroy rubbing together sound, but like like not quite. But if I I know what he's talking about, and I love him, and it just yeah. When 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 you have like a holographic thing, and it's got like that bumpy texture to it, and then people like run their hole. <laughs> I'll have to look it up because it's not coming to me. But we'll get past that, so you're not uncomfortable. <laughs> it, it is it is the the most horrible sound in the world to me. <laughs> Like the second, like I even see a hologram, I'll just tense up. It's like oh, somebody's <laughs> gonna scratch this. I need to get out of here. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I get what you're saying. Okay. Uh, okay. What is your favorite curse word? It's it's cunt. It is <laughs> cuntity cunt 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 cunt. <laughs> Fucking love that word so much. <laughs> huh. You know, I I really try uh not too much, but I tend to on this uh, podcast when I get mad sometimes. <laughs> um shit is just so quick and easy and it and, and, and it useful. I think there was like a whole stand up bit about it how useful the word is. Um but I'll have to go with the compound motherfucker. Good one. I yeah. uh, 
You know, I thought I knew yours, Paul, but I guess it's kind of a combination where what 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 are you thinking? Cocksucker motherfucker. That's always a good one. That's that's a good go to. I don't yeah. I don't I guess they use <laughs> I, I reserve that one. But I guess son of a bitch or goddammit are the two that I that I utter the most often. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I will say my number two is my great grandmother's uh favorite word, which was shit fire. <laughs> shit fire, that is nice. It's it's just amazing. Around here, um Around oh. here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> kind of gross. Um, around here, we tend to use pastries in place of curse words. So, like, and I think of Caitlin's favorite. Um, what's that bread that you get around Christmas time? Oh, marzipan. That's a good one. Marzipan. Marzipan. <laughs> marzipan. Also, make you also, think of Homestar Home Runner. Runner's girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Voice actor. That's a good one. Mm. Mm-hmm. I would really, time and money allowing, I would just like to focus on writing. I would like to be a writer. I mean, I mm. write some, I write things work related, but they're not what I want to write. Stay at right. home astronaut. <laughs> I'd like to be a Southern lawyer. <laughs> southern lawyer. Just so I could, I could talk like that. <laughs> no, All the thing is like, like the like, Futurama chicken lawyer. Yeah, yeah. yeah it sounds like <laughs> Boghorn Leghorn. Very good. <laughs> Was that Futurama? Yeah. 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 You could be a lawyer for the Southern Poverty Law Center. They, there uh, you go. I mean, you could also be like the Keanu Reeves and... Devil's advocate. <laughs> uh, awesome. What profession would you not like to do? I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say uh, a preacher. I think I would be bad at that. Oh, I'd be amazing as a preacher. Well, I mean, I'm probably about as actually religious as most preachers. Fair. At least, at least the ones you see on TV. I could just be really manipulative, and I know that just kind of it fits that wheelhouse. It's fair. You can get up there on the soapbox. Yeah. I'd have to say a psychologist. Hmm. Yes, yep. that's just constant whining. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'll amend my previous answer. I actually really would like to be a school counselor. I just, I need the, the education to complete getting that job. Um, I would not want to ever for uh, ideological reasons and otherwise be a law enforcement officer or in the military. That's a good one. Yeah, that's good. Uh, as, as a military brat myself, I yeah. definitely skirted that as hard as I could. <laughs> if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you get to the pearly gates? Paul, did you answer the last one? Oh, no, he didn't. Yeah, I said preacher. Oh, that's right. You did say preacher. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, and uh, I have my answer for what turns you off. Okay. Oh, what's that? Zealotry. Good call. Okay. Good call. I, I, I don't like somebody who has entirely too much zeal. <laughs> You're okay with chutzpah, but not zeal. Well, I mean, chutzpah is a completely different thing. Yeah. Because, uh... <laughs> 
Yeah, everybody wants a little chutzpah. Mm. Yeah. I even ate at a restaurant in the D.C. area called chutzpah. <laughs> I, I will share a picture with you guys. Thank you. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, I would want God to only say the most random thing to me. Okay. For shits and giggles, so something like lightly fried fish fillets. Nice. I, w- I want him to have that kind of sense of humor. <laughs> Fair enough. Or her. They. Them. Yeah, yeah, they. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I would like to I would like God to say, don't panic. Here's a towel. Oh God. <laughs> no, you just picked the answer. <laughs> God, I heard like <sighs> Oh, I, I got the, the, the feel goods with that one. <laughs> like, I really did. Like, I just felt warm and fuzzy. Like, if God just said that to me, it'd be like, nah, dude, we're cool. All that shit you've done or not done, <laughs> we're good. I think I'll, again, I'll be the corny person. I'll, I'll come in and say, everyone you ever loved who has passed before you lies beyond. There are explanations for everything that happened on Earth. Have a nice day. That's lovely. Really thinking about these. I went with lightly fried fucking fish for <laughs> well, You know, it's like all right, it's disarming. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about a movie. beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm jonathan pierce and i'm zach mccoy we are your oscar grouches welcome back to the oscar whiskey podcast a show where we discuss oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the academy went wrong if they went wrong and what film are we watching this week jonathan today we're talking about Gigi, a film for proving that the guillotine missed a few Each time I see a little girl of five or six or seven, I can't resist a joyous urge to smile and say thank heaven for little girls. A film that makes me want to watch Geely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh oh. Oh. Was this everybody's first time seeing this film? Yeah. Oscar firsties. Woo! Yay. <laughs> Very well could be the last one. I don't know. It's not. I'm well, I'd almost assume it's not. Okay. But it's it's going to get pretty few and far in between from here on out. Yeah. Because this is this is like the third one in four weeks or something like that. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's do an Oscar breakdown. Break it down. <laughs> I'm about to get mad. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, we are, of course, still just coming out of the Pantages Theater in Hollywood, California, on April 6th, 1959. Our hosts tonight are, are you ready for this list? Jerry Lewis, Mort Stahl, Tony Randall, Bob Hope, the David Niven, and Lawrence Olivier. Oh, it's a list. Yeah, it is. It is. 
and it's it is not shy of some decent a-listers yeah all right are they all you say we're all in the same place tonight or are they all in the same place so we, we stopped coming out of new york last year and now we're just in hollywood all right all right our most nominated films of the night are the defiant ones and Gigi at nine the most awarded film of the night is Gigi at nine. This is only the <laughs> third 100 percenter that we have covered for best picture. The other two were wings, which was nominated for two and one, two and grand hotel, which was nominated for one and one, one <laughs> nine for nine, nine, four, nine. Also five for fighting. Really? <laughs> Um, I'm trying to get Zach into hockey right now. So yes, really. Yeah, I've tried for years. It just it doesn't stick. Hockey is the second best sport. Everybody I, should really be on it. I understand, but man, uh, curling just takes that, up I, all the other. Curling is the third best. I agree with that. <laughs> I think it has to do with my fear of ice skates. Oh, please say there's a story. <laughs> It's a very short story. I I just never liked skating. Uh, I got a pair of rollerblades when I was turning seven, and I fell down in front of the neighborhood kids, and everybody laughed, and so I didn't try it much more. And then one of the first dates Caitlin and I had, she got me this uh, keepsake bracelet that had her name on it, and we went to the Iceplex over by Kiln Creek mm -hmm. or whatever it was. Um, still the Iceplex. Oh, it is still? If oh, If it's like, still open. Yeah. Well, we and we went skating, and I was like, I'm not having a good time. And then the bracelet fell off, and the Zamboni ate it. Oh, <laughs> wow. Never ice skated again. I, I, I don't go to roller rinks anymore. That's only because uh, that one roller rink in Hampton that was there, uh, where mm -hmm. the guy ended up uh, getting arrested for mm -hmm. being um, a not a good guy to little kids. Oh, was my of, kind of like a next door neighbor, kind of like a Josh Duggar situation. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And he got my dog when we left Virginia when I was a kid. So. <sighs> you. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, okay. let's yeah. let's move on to the Oscar. <laughs> <for him. laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay. Um, Gigi wins best picture. Over, Auntie Mame, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, The Defiant Ones, and Separate Tables. Uh, mm. Vincent Minnelli wins Best Director, which he lost out on an American to Paris to George Stevens for A Place in the Sun. Mm -hmm. uh, David Niven wins Best Actor for Separate Tables. Uh, and I believe i had read he is the only oscar host to win an award in the evening that he hosted uh because uh except i think bob hope received a honorary award one one yeah. year when he hosted but he didn't win it in competition susan hayward wins best actress for i want to live <laughs> exclamation point she beats out deborah kerr for separate tables. Ooh. And um, the woman, I believe, could cure cancer 
Rossell and Russell for anti-main. I will talk about that a little bit more later. Okay. Supporting actor goes to Burl Ives for The Big Country. Uh, and supporting actress goes to Wendy Hiller for Separate Tables, making Gigi, at this point in time, the film to win the most Academy Awards without a single acting nomination. Also, because um, Gone with the Wind received two of its Academy Awards uh, as honorary awards or special awards, uh, Gigi is technically the record-setting film at nine Oscars. Gone with, <laughs> Gone with the Wind only won eight. Best story and screenplay written directly for the screen, The Defiant Ones, a very well-deserved win. Uh, best screenplay based on material from another medium, Gigi. Uh, giving it to Alan J. Lerner hmm. of Lerner and Low Fame. Yeah. Best foreign language film goes to my uncle. So, congratulations, Gary. <laughs> I have an uncle Gary too. I have two uncle Garys on either side. Wow. <laughs> I see one of them constantly saying something on your Facebook. Yeah, that's that's that's. So that's my uncle Gary on my mom's side. But growing up, we called him Joey. That was his middle name. Kind of gotcha. like I go by my middle name. It's, it's a thing in my family. I don't know why. Hmm. But uh, once he got into the military, when he was 18, he started going by Gary. Just a thing, I guess. A thing. Yeah. A thing. Best documentary feature goes to the wild wilderness. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. The redundant department of redundancy. There you go. Hmm. All right. Best documentary short subject goes to Amma girls. Amma girls. I don't know how to pronounce that word. Hmm. Okay. Well, this brings us to our podcast within a podcast. Walt Disney Oscar watch. Uh, Best live action short subject goes to Grand Canyon. Walt Disney picks up another one. Oh, yeah. Man, he just can't stop winning them. Uh, except when it comes to best short subject cartoons, in which his film, his uh, cartoon, Paul Bunyan, loses for the first time to Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny gets one for Nighty Night Bugs. With All a right. cat. To, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Bugs can, on the theme. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Bugs Sydney's Bunny. Family tree. I don't know. What is that? A deputy dog? Oh, I love Deputy Dog. <laughs> also a fan of Huckleberry Hound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. You got anything to add there, Jonathan? Nope. Nope. Best scoring of dramatic or comedy picture goes to The Old Man and the Sea. Okay. Best scoring of a musical picture goes to Gigi. Giving it to Andre Previn, who you may know as um, Woody Allen's adopted father-in-law. That makes this whole thing any weirder. It really <laughs> fucking does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, uh, God. <laughs> Sorry, I got a point about when they come up, especially when things are this weird. All right. Best song goes to Gigi from 
Gigi by Lerner and Lowe. We just watched the movie and I don't even remember the melody of it. It's like that the one uh, things at the end, like when he's thinking about her. It's not at the it's, end. It's, it's kind of in the at the end of the second act. Yeah, okay. it's it's when he like sings about everything that's wrong with her. But I love her, and then he sings the song that's Gigi. Like it's yeah, okay. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's it's the I've grown accustomed to her face song in this. Yeah, yes. but we will talk about that song. Yeah, in a few weeks. Um. All right. Best costume design goes to Gigi. If this film did deserve an Academy Award, it is that one. Yeah. Best cinematography, black and whites, goes to Defiant One. So I'm glad it's picked up at least a couple of Oscars. Best cinematography, color goes to Gigi, which I'm I'm fine with. Ish. Uh, best film editing goes to Gigi. <laughs> Fucking really. <laughs> and best special effects goes to Tom Thumb, apparently both lowercase words. <laughs> are, are you ready for this one? An Academy Honorary Award goes to Maurice Chevalier, who plays the old man <laughs> in Gigi <laughs> for his contributions to the world of entertainment for more than a century and a half. And uh, the Irving G. Thalberg Memorial Award goes to Jack L. Warner. Uh, there is no Gene Herschel Award this year. Okay. That is our Oscar breakdown. Hey, let's talk about this movie. Yes, please. Um, there are... Oh, 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 oh. I want to give one note before we move on. I'm sorry. Of course. Of course. Sidney Sid- Poitier gets nominated for Best Actor mm-hmm. this year making him the oh. first black actor to be nominated for the award. Hell yeah. Sorry. I wanted to get that out because it's very important. Sidney Poitier is a fucking American treasure and yep. he probably should have won that because David Niven was just fine in separate tables. I, I liked his performance, but Poitier and Defiant Ones is so good. I uh, meant to watch that last night, but I was really tired. So I'm actually going to watch it as soon as we're done tonight. Because right. I've got energy. And it's not that long either. I'm probably going to watch the series finale of Invincible. Because oh. I heard it's wild as fuck. Heard that too. The show is wild. Shout out, Shout out Benjamin Banks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he, I, I gotta watch that. That show is incredible. He's hyping the hell out of that show. He, as he should be. It, it's, I, I think Amazon's doing the best superhero television right now. Nice. Hard to argue with that. Because between that and the boys, they're just incredible shows. And uh, yeah. I really wish they didn't cancel the tick, though. All right. Let's talk about this movie. Okay. So, of the nine nominations that Gigi got and one, there are two that are so egregious that I, at this point, like, you know, I thought I was pissed off at the Academy last week. but cinematography came really not now i didn't notice the blurring as much as you you had mentioned oh my god it's the the way that they focused Mm. the people that you're supposed to see which you know you there's you can do that you're supposed to do something like that but it's how they blurred the people in the background made me go clean your fucking lens or (laughs) 
turn it or something. And then every time the movie transitioned, it would blur before the transition. That's why yeah, the yeah. editing, it, I thought, was just fucking terrible. Like this, yeah. So many things were wrong about this movie, and it was the content, how it was made, who made it, and the people in it. Literally everything about this movie was wrong, except, like Paul said, maybe the costume. I, I think I skipped two awards. Did you skip two did you awards? Set, did you do set design or something? I didn't do art one? direction, which went to Gigi. Okay. And, I, yeah. and I didn't do sound, which went to South Pacific. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about the obvious. This movie uh-huh. starts with a song about little girls. That's by an yeah. old man talking about little girls and how they're going to grow up to bang. Yeah. 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 And as bad as the content of the song is, his facial expressions while singing it make it nauseating. Yeah. Especially when he gets into the lyric of little girls around five and six and seven. I like you. Holy <laughs> fuck. You. Um, and he's got that creepy old guy smile on his face the entire time, too. He, like, rolls his eyes up in his head like he's imagining things. Like, oh, God. <laughs> I, I really was going to try to ask you guys throughout this movie, like, literally every 10 minutes, I was going to text you and be like, hey, can I stop now? Do I have to continue? Because this is making my skin crawl. Like, every bit of this movie and i feel like paul is trying to say something good about the movie oh no 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 i I, okay i i have some thoughts but i'm i'm gonna try to let you guys speak before i really go off i i'm just gonna show my cards here and basically say i hate it too i'm gonna read my little uh my little mini review i put on my criticer It'll, it'll hit all the basic points and then we can dive into those to quote a song from the movie, it's a bore. <laughs> Everything in Gigi had already been done better in Lerner and Lowe's stage version of My Fair Lady, and then it was again upstage in the movie version of that. Uh, aside from I Remember It Well, the songs are pretty terrible. Uh, is it Chevalier? Is that Chevalier. Sh- Chevalier, thank you. His narr- narrator character is notably creepy with pedophile vibes, and the whole thing stinks of misogyny. Not the only nice qualities are the costumes, set designs, and Leslie grown being cute that's those are my general thoughts yeah i irredeemable this entire movie there there is not just a good the moment i knew that i was going to hate the rest of this film that i was like at first everything i was like all right this is creepy maybe it's the times okay let's go but the second i heard the line hey your first suicide congratulations yeah the fuck <laughs> like <It's a> little, <laughs> yeah i it, oh my god and i don't know anything about turn of the century france i nothing at all and like i think i even i saw one passing uh bit of note of like you know this was a thing they were like uh not uh courtesans i think it was yeah the the uh the thing that they were going for there where it's just yep. kind of like hey you're a really well-paid whore, basically. 
for like one dude. Um, and the, oh God, I just, my skin crawls with like, cause you see Leslie Karen as like, she does young girl really well. I don't know how old she actually is when she's in this movie, but she plays off a very like 15, 16 year old. So she's like in her late twenties, like mid, maybe mid twenties when they shoot yeah. this, uh, because she is twenty when American in Paris comes out. Okay, which means she's most likely nineteen when it was shot. Yeah, so it would probably be about fifty-seven. So she would probably be about twenty-six when this was shot. She's supposed to be yeah. playing sixteen. Okay, so and and she does really well at that. Um. Uh, also, but. uh. Shout out to, oh, I forgot her name now. Uh, the woman who dubbed her over. Oh. Uh, <laughs> which, I mean, I think is really what cost her to the Academy Award nomination. Because that tends to screw a few other women over later. Betty Wand? Betty Wand, thank you. Because I always okay. want to say it's Marnie Nixon, but Marnie Nixon's another name we will be discussing soon. Uh, but yeah, Betty Wand voices her over, and I, if anybody's going to get an acting nomination from this, I really thought Leslie Karen should, but knowing that, I know that that ends up screwing some other women over too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, an uh, interesting note about how Maurice Chevalier uh, died. Uh, he actually attempted suicide and didn't take enough to die, and it caused liver damage, which is basically what happened to the woman that he says congratulations on your first suicide but i thought that was not that anybody deserves to die or no. he, committing suicide's terrible he commits suicide essentially because he just isn't as voracious as he was in his womanizing youth yeah so he's apparently pretty much playing himself in this what? movie which is really gross <laughs> really gross yeah and you know and this is this is based off of I, I believe a memoir Ooh. by the same name of a woman who the, the the love interest in this movie is younger than the man that she actually marries. Grooming glorification. Which is, yeah. Which is like, essentially what it is. Yeah, it, it's uh, I it mean, is in, a gross film. This movie could not come out today. Would not even be attempt to say if this script I, came to somebody. I I disagree, but say what you're about to say. I I just I mean even if you look outside of like woke culture, it, I don't think this is a possible movie to happen. I think it's like Pygmalion esque. No, it's just everything about this yeah. movie is gross. Like I don't know. Maybe if it came out as like a like a condemnation. Yeah, I, maybe that, which, maybe something like that, which is, which is kind of what I hoped this film was going for. Why I stuck with it for so long, because apparently they got it past the Hayes Code by telling them that it was supposed to be a condemnation. But nowhere in this film does it ever feel like, like no, they are no, it, condemning it, what is happening on screen. There is a very, very, very slight undercurrent coming from Gigi herself obviously she's like she's like i mean she's I don't, by don't, giving I don't her the, the choice is yeah. really like i mean the what two sentences in the movie yeah. by doing that yeah i mean she she kicks against it 
but it feels more in that rebellious teenager phase than yeah. it really does as like a stance the movie saying that what is happening is bad because well, yeah. nobody else around her is treating this like it's a bad thing so eventually she just falls into it and yeah the love interest is kind of like i don't want this for her yeah but at no point does he ever feel like he's like this is bad overall right he yeah. just feels like it, i i don't want this for her i'd rather marry her which again <laughs> just yeah they really fumble the ending like i i don't get the whole taking her home showing her in the her apartment and then like going and standing by the fountain it's like is he con like if there was like maybe some slight him condemning everything about the society, but then he just goes back and asks to marry her. It doesn't like he but, doesn't, it doesn't, but there's so much wishy-washy throughout like the last yeah, yeah. maybe 20 minutes of the movie where she's like, I don't want this. Yeah. Okay, and, cool. And, 10, like five minutes later. Oh no, I'd rather have this. And then, and then when he goes back, there's no pontification on it. There's no, yeah. like, there's, there's no, like, you shouldn't be doing this. This is not the yeah. life that any woman should lead. It's just, oh, okay, well, I guess I don't specifically want to share her with other men because, again, uh, apparently based off of uh, the the novel, this is based off of the memoir or whatever, that's what happens. She marries this, like, 49-year-old man and then just sleeps with other men, like, just continuously throughout their marriage. I just... So it feels like a, I don't want to share her and I don't really want to throw her away. I'd rather just keep her for myself. <laughs> and, and I know this yeah. is, you know, kind of like a, a French thing. Cause like you look at like Madame Pompadour, I think or who it was, uh, where she was like the King's mistress. And that was cool. Cause you know, she was revered. She yeah. was like, that's who she was. Right. Um, where it's this, it's like, hey, this should be a dying thing, and it comes off creepy, and I don't know if this is because it's through the eyes of now. But I can only imagine that when this movie was made, even then, they were like, oh, no, no. Like, well, obviously ew. not that much. Obviously not. I, I think without uh, Chevalier's narrator, it would just maybe be more boring than anything. Yes, he he makes it this nasty. He thing. he turns it gross. He, he yeah. he's he's basically just like the ah dude play the game. That's all the life is is the game, and you almost get that like that whole like I remember then back and forth song where it's just like, all right, you know you could have settled down, but no, you decided to be a player. Like the, when he did the whole, like, that's why I banged the server or something like that. Like I was getting too close to 11. He was like, Oh, so you're just literally the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, cool. Like you have cemented this. The it it wasn't the really gross fucking song at the beginning of the movie. It was that, but I, uh... yeah, it, you know, and it's one of those things I, I tried to go find, I try to go find some takes on this movie where other people might have felt differently than me because when I finished watching it, I was like, am I looking at this wrong? Am I too modern yeah. on this? <laughs> so I, I went to go look for them. And uh, I mean, aside from people from, from the 1950s, I couldn't so find one. <laughs> I was looking at the critic uh, ratings on Rotten Tomato, right? Right. 
and I was looking at all of the tomatoes, like the fresh ones, and they were all saying they they still gave this movie like a good review, but we're like, hey, this is still kind of gross. But it's a good movie. Yeah. Like, no, it wasn't. Like, <laughs> if we took away, like you said, if we took away Chevalier, it would be a boring movie. It's a bore. If by having him in there, it's gross. I, there, there is nothing good about this movie outside of yeah. it's colorful. But I even then, it's, it mostly the, its technical aspects are really yeah. good. I think Leslie Karen is wonderful in it. Like, sure, she's but she's doing what is asked of her, and she's doing an amazing job at it. And you know, if these are the roles she is being offered, it's it's hard to say don't take those roles. I, I yeah. just, but at the same time, I don't, I. I can't see that far into this movie to get to that point. Yeah. Everything else has just gotten so bad that I can't even look for the good. That's fair. Like, That's... It's, it's just technically, I think, I think it looks terrible. I think the color sure is colorful. I think the costume, sure, they're costuming. But <laughs> like I said, the cinematography and the editing is what started it for me. And then just the content itself made it worse. And yeah, I, 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 I could like, I watched the last 10 minutes just before I got here to talk to you guys. And I struggled to watch those 10 minutes. I like, mm -hmm. I did not want to. And I spent the entire time going, can this fucking be over? Because I've, I've it's so not even that long apart. I mean, it's right under two hours, and, but still it's, it was a slog a bit. Yeah. And the music, which we really haven't touched on was god awful i i'm gonna have to confess to actually enjoying the music i like learner really? and lowe's i like learner and lowe's patter like mm. they're they're real patter rhythms because they do it a lot in my fair lady too and granted my fair lady has much better songs but i i'm not gonna say i loved every song but there were some songs i really kind of got into just because i like learner and lowe's sound I don't like the, repeti the, 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 the repetition in lyrics to the point where it's like the same thing is said every other bar. So it, mm -hmm. and it was like that for every song. It would make the movie a half hour shorter <laughs> if you just kind of cut the repetition of that. Um, I, I did not like the, the music at all. But again, this could just be me hating so much of this movie that I could not look good. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe, like maybe delivered by different singers. I might like them better too. I, I don't yeah, like, yeah, I did not hear any talent in the, any of the singing voices. Yeah. And I guess they kind of get that idea that Rex Harrison is not a singer. Rex Harrison, uh, originates the role of Henry Higgins on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And he, cannot sing so all of his songs are very pattery like that you know like let a woman in your life and why can't the english mm -hmm. learn to speak they're very they're very pattery like that so so i feel like they they really kind of like well we struck gold with that why not try to recreate it and for the most part it works on me because immediately like the rhythms and the motifs all immediately take me to my fair lady and yeah, you know, well, again, we'll talk about that a lot more here in like five or six weeks. Yeah, mostly it made me mad that I wasn't watching My Fair Lady. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely fair. Yeah. Um, 
I, I do like uh, I remember it well. I think it's a kind of cute and flirty song, but the others I, I can't even remember outside the creepy one. Yeah, I and then I, it ends on it, and then it ends on it too. Yeah, and then it ends on it too. And it and it's a late motif through like a lot of the movie. Yeah, every yeah. Every time yeah. it gets brought up in other parts of the movie, I was immediately like, oh, <laughs> just oh, perverted Lumiere. Like, I, I didn't think Gigi was a particularly good song. It winning the Oscar was kind of weird to me. Yeah. 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 But I definitely didn't have the problems with the cinematography or the editing that Jonathan apparently had. I, I don't know. Like I, I had to, um, if it wasn't for the fact that uh, you'd have to have the live TV version of Hulu, I was going to go check to see if it was like the version that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of want to see if this was that, but at the same time, I'm not going to, watch this movie again yeah mm, yeah, at yeah. All. No. um but yeah if anybody else sees that like now that it now now that you've heard it and you go and watch this movie let me know like let me know if i'm just crazy but it just i noticed it hurts the, the eyes the edit the, the blurring transitions and stuff because i know i noticed that every time it happens so i know what you're talking about yeah. there but do, did we all watch the same copy i wonder because mine was a nice crisp blu-ray copy yeah, yeah so mine was mine. the blu-ray yep yeah yep. and i thought it was a pretty movie i didn't really, yeah i, like I, I think I it's I, visually i think it's stunning oh god it, the the scenes that were in the clubs were the worst hmm. just the absolute okay. worst yeah uh, and again i think i think the the worst thing for me was i i hung with this movie pretty much through the runtime but when it came to the end and there was no there there was no condemning of the actions on screen i was like man eh, i'm yeah that yep. just tipped me the the other way on whether it's yep. good or bad. Yep. Yeah. If there was something at the end that was like, no, this is actually bad, guys. Like, the... yeah, it's like they there were a couple times they almost did it. Like when Gaston's character like basically tells uh, Chevalier to f off, and and he gives him that look. He's like, "What are you doing? This is the best." <laughs> yeah, and... and then they just don't. They don't flesh it out and then he comes back and sings a song at the end it's like no he's still here <laughs> everything's you know still creepy and the comedy attempts i think there was one moment that i was like all right that's kind of funny was when they're like has your dad he's got diabetes <laughs> well you're a sugar merchant so that's probably gonna happen i thought that was funny yeah there i got a few laughs but i Honestly, after watching it, I can't remember what they were. Yeah, yeah I meant to write it down because there was one thing that made me laugh in the first half of the movie. But I the think. fact that they fought, they they tried to make Ava Gabor's suicide funny was when I was like, no, <laughs> like this is not laughable material. Like, yeah. if if there's a way to make suicide funny, I'm sure it's out there. It, I don't see it. I don't think that there's there's very little that I think that is untouchable. I think the problem is they don't point out they don't point out enough that these are supposed to be more cries for attention than they are actual suicide attempts. And and it and it leaves the whole thing feeling kind of flat. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, maybe it's, you know, the movie plays too many things straight rather than making it really like, okay, these are things that were happening at, like you said, turn of the century France. And and here's a little exploration of those ideas and stuff. It's yeah. just like, here it is. Haha. Congratulations. Yep. All right, gents. Well, do we have any more notes for this movie other than 
No, Again, gross. Just gross. Yeah, gross. I, think I, I think I've hit what I needed to say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. well, then, like, I, I called him uh, perverted Lumiere because apparently, I guess, uh, in Beauty and the Beast, the guy that played him based his character on Chevalier or something. So, yeah. Like, as soon as the movie started, I was like, oh. And I was like, Lumiere. And, and Gaston from Beauty and the Beast is yeah. based on Gaston from this. I, I wondered if the name was. I didn't not, really see not a whole phys- lot of. Not physically, but. Yeah. Uh, like, with a man that's trying to court a woman that's not interested. Gotcha. It's like Gaston. No one creeps girls like Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Paul, is this in the library? Oh, uh, could you give me a year? It's going to be stupid. It's going to be like 93. I'll go with 99. I, I don't think like anything past that they would. I don't know. Well, Jonathan's closest, but neither of you win the price is right. It is 1991. Oh, my God. That's ludicrous. Third class. Right. What? Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, I guess, you know, we have uh, still mostly old white men. I mean, we do now, too, but. Yeah. Library of Congress. Is that who votes for? (laughs) Yeah, most likely, Uh, especially in 91. Yeah. All right, let's get into our worsty judgment. Oh, hold on, hold on. I got I to give you the class. Or, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That class. thank you. All right, this is a very short one, so we'll be done in just a moment. Uh, seventh Voyage of Sinbad, GG. A movie, which is a short subject experimental film. It's <laughs> called A Movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, Orson Welles' Touch of Evil. Oh, yeah. And Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo, just five movies from 1958, get into the Library of Congress so far. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Jonathan, now for those worsty judgments. There we go. There we go. Zach, did this movie deserve Best Picture? Hmm. No. Straight up, definitely not. It, it, the fa- nine for nine, which was, the, what, the record until Return of the King? Is that the, no? Actually, no? Uh, we will, as far as a hundred percent. Oh, uh, it, yes, that is correct. I know, I know the record's broken very soon. Uh, we'll, I believe, we'll I believe it gets matched by another film. I won't say what, but it does get yeah. beaten by Return of the King since you already spoiled it. I'm, I'm so. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm, I should have used the number of years. No, I'm. I'm just giving but, you just yeah hard time, but it. It blows my mind. It blows my mind. No, absolutely not. There. Okay. I surprised. Uh, Cat in the Hot Tin Roof. It wasn't in the Library of Congress. Me um, too. Because here's here's a few quick movies that I would give it to Best Picture. Cat in a Hot Tif- Tin Roof. I thought was great, even though they were shitty to Tennessee Williams by not driving the point of <laughs> the movie. Uh, Vertigo, of course. Um, A Night to Remember. Um, Touch of Evil. Hidden Fortress. Why not? Probably gets recognized next year or something. But um, and I am almost certain that the Defiant. Oh, there you go. Night to Remember. Beautiful. Like I said, I'm going to watch the Defiant ones after we get done here. But I'm, oh, I'm sure. I hope you love it. I love that film. And I need to watch The Big Country too. Um, but yeah, any of those, I'm sure. And the other nominees that I haven't seen absolutely over this get it away from me. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. 
uh, I mean, Machine Gun Kelly came out this year. Charles Bronson's first lead role. Oh. Probably better than this movie. That was a Roger Corman <laughs> movie. Uh, you know, I I meant to have a bit going, but I I forgot to start it in 1955, where I was just going to say every Roger Corman movie deserves Best Picture. Because <laughs> <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know, Roger Corman is the most important person to ever make film. Yes, not the best, most important. Okay. Um, no, there's I'm uh, 50. Although for some stranger, I don't know what it is about 1958, but every book I read in middle school was turned into a movie this year. <laughs> so like Red Badge uh, of Courage. Yeah, like Old Man in the Sea. Uh mm-hmm. just was which one. is the, the second time that something based on Old Man in the Sea has been nominated for Academy Awards. Yep. Yeah, uh, before wasn't it made in Mexico before? Oh no 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 the Pearl was the one we were talking about. Oh the Pearl, yep. that's right. Um Tale of Two Cities came out that year. That was in Britain. I it, it just a lot of stuff like that. This does, this was not a good year for a film, I think. Like, not to say there were bad movies that came out this year, but as a whole. Um, and the fact that Gigi won in a what I think is a bad year for film, including The Fly came out, the Vincent Price The Fly came out. Yeah, it did. So, like, <laughs> and the blob. Oh, uh, it did. Nice. Beautiful. There it is. Nice. <laughs> um, all of those Attack of the 50 Foot Woman came out this year. So I just no, it Gigi did not deserve this at all. I no. think it deserved costume. That's it. That's it. I'll, I'll, go, ar- I'll go art set direction as well. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I gotta give that to you because. I don't know, the carriage stuff always we have. Was this movie shot on scene? I can't remember. Like uh, a lot of it was. Yeah, because I remember yeah. in the opening credits where they were thanking uh Paris for the Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. For the parks yep. and stuff. But they do that um what do they call it? creative topography or whatever, where a lot of things are shown much closer together than they actually are. <laughs> the crybaby oh, yeah. killer came out this year. Oh, the, the Jack Nicholson film. Yes. Yeah, it was his film debut, directed by Roger Corman. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so. Uh, So, Paul, does this movie deserve Best Picture? Uh, I'm going to go up front and say no, uh, not even a little bit. Um, And we'll do my rankings here. Starting with, uh, oh God, I didn't rank these well enough. So let me do this in my head real quick. All right. I think it's separate tables is going to the bottom of the other four. Um, it was fine. I, I liked it, but it ended kind of weird for me in a way, in mm. kind of the same way Gigi did. Oh. Where every, the, the one character played by David Niven, who gets an Academy Award for it, who, uh, is a man who lives in this hotel and he is pled guilty in court to sexually harassing some women Ooh. in like a dark theater. Ugh. Yeah, it's kind of gross. He's just completely let off the hook by everybody. Uh, and the 
the whole thing of the film is like, ah, uh, come on, he's old. He, 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 you gotta let him off the hook. And I was like, yeah, no, no thanks. <laughs> um, just because George H. Bush is in the wheelchair doesn't mean he can touch your hiney. Yeah, it. It's an okay film outside of that. It's got a couple of strong performances in it. David Niven is good in it, but I didn't yeah. like what the me- the message of the film. Um, then I guess <laughs> anti-mame is such a weird movie. <laughs> uh, also, it's just like two and a half oh. hours long, and it just follows this woman who is raising her nephew after his father dies, which... The movie opens up on this man signing his will on like September 14th and then smash cuts to the headline of a newspaper on September 15th. The man has died. <laughs> and you say something about her curing cancer. Is that Rosalind Russell as Auntie Mame is by far and away now one of my all time favorite performances by any human being who has ever acted in a movie. Wow. The movie's weird and silly and a little uneven, but she is just a fucking solid rock through the entire thing, and I love her performance in it so much. Nice. Uh, I would highly suggest anybody see this film just for her performance. Okay. Um, she she cool. apparently also uh, originated the role on Broadway. And it feels like it should be a musical, but it's not a musical. Hmm. And the thing I love about it the most is each scene happens, kind of unfolds over like a 10 to 15 minute period. And at the end of each 10 to 15 minute period, they bring the lights down on the set as if it is a Broadway show. And then she is just lightly lit from overhead. And then it goes to black and it's really interesting and it throws you off the first couple of times. But by the time the movie ends, you, you, you come to kind of rely on it. Okay. It's weird. It is a weird movie and I cannot explain exactly what makes it weird without telling you too much. Highly recommend this film. It, I gave it three and a half stars, but it's, it's never boring. Okay. Um, then I guess I'm going Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, which is one of Tennessee Williams' best plays, but not my favorite version of it, even though, God, Paul Newman. Oof. Yeah. I, yeah. I am horny on Maine <laughs> for that man. Uh, uh, Burl Ives is really good there, too. I, I, I surprised he won for a different movie that gave two really good performances. Yeah, that year. yeah, no joke. No joke. Um... And then Defiant Ones. I love Defiant Ones. I think it is one of the great American films. Uh, Sidney Poitier is amazing in it. Uh, t- Tony Curtis just rules everything. And it. I should have put it in my Prison Break films from last week. Mm. But I kind of knew I was going to be talking about it a lot this week. because It's so good. Oh, God. And their chemistry together is incredible. They just They just gel. And they, you know, they started that we hate each other kind of vibe and just come together by the end of the movie. And all of it yeah. feels earned. It all feels natural. And, uh, of course, the Adam Sandler and Damon Wayne's film Bulletproof is loosely based on this film, <laughs> which is kind of a mistake. 
but um, not the TV show about Doctor Who. So if I'm going to give any of those five best picture, I'm giving it to Defiant Ones. But if I'm giving any film from 1958 best picture, it is this one. Vertigo. Yes. Just mm. how did this not win best picture? It's, it's one of the top three Hitchcock films, and it's it's wild. It gets nominated for other things and loses them. It mm. should have won best cinematography, color, because oh, yeah. Yeah. God damn, this is a gorgeous film. Yeah, uh, it loses best sound to South Pacific. Should have won best director, I think. Yeah, it should have. It it also lost best art direction to Gigi. Uh, and, um, yeah, it, yeah. it's, it's so confusing. How did Vertigo not get nominated slash win best picture Right in insanity? <laughs> yeah. I think it's one of those ones that time looks back on it and it's like, yeah, Vertigo is the movie from that year. Yeah, it is. It is the film from 1958. All right. Well, now's the big question. Mm. Cause I feel like it's going to come up this time. Hey, Zach. Yeah. Is this the worst best picture so far? <sighs> I um, honestly, I really wrestled with it and maybe I still kind of am. Uh, it is definitely bottom two. And I have to ask myself. Can I, can I, I <laughs> can I go, for, can I go before you and maybe this yeah, will help go. you out? Sure. Sure. Okay. Go before me. I fucking hate the circus. <laughs> You yeah. are with me on this one. <laughs> but when it comes to child grooming and the circus, yeah. I'm going to put the child grooming at the worst. This is the worst best picture. It, it without even thinking about it. It's 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 gross. It's I think even for its time, the fact that they had to justify it and still didn't do what they said they were going to do makes it even worse. So yeah. yeah, no, this this is the worst best by far. So hopefully I can help you, but mm. I'll, I'll I'll take fucking elephants over <laughs> child. You take fucking elephants? Yes, I will take fucking elephants over <laughs> child grooming. That's fair. I just <laughs> wanted to clarify. That's it. <laughs> because at least that elephants can stomp on you. So okay, one kick. That's all it takes. So my thought is that I'm looking at it as, you know, it's one of those. I'm looking at the film as a film versus the content specifically. Uh, I, I mean, I can even the, say the Jimmy gone, Stewart the was for Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, because to me, um, Greatest Show on Earth still really isn't even a movie. I mean, it it's part of a movie. Um. Sure. Neither neither one of these movies do I ever care to watch again, and I'm not going to. I don't. The only reason why I finished either one of them was for this podcast, and because they're best picture, and I'm compulsory completist with things like that. Uh, it has it's like the Gone with the Wind thing again. It's got technical merit as far as I think it is a good looking film, and um, there are some moments where. I laughed and I thought there was some okay acting. Whereas with greatest show on earth, I'm just like, this sucks the whole time. I want it to be over. I'm miserable. And it was a longer movie. Am I allowed to change my answer in the future? I don't know. Right now, as my ratings go, it's my second worst. I'm sticking with 
greatest show on earth. Okay. Um, just to uh, add to mine, this is going on the list of movies to hate Paul for. So <laughs> right now it's Hit, Hitman and Gigi. So right, he he's got a couple on me. I think he's still got Dragon Ball Z Evolution. So fair. Paul, is this the worst best picture so far? No. It's not even in my bottom five. <laughs> oh, God. oh. Uh, I honestly think there's 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 too much positive to this film. And if it would have ended in the right place, it could have tipped it into a dark comedy slash uh, interesting look at uh, turn of the century France. Unfortunately, it doesn't do that. It doesn't nail the landing and it kind of strung me along thinking that it was going to nail the landing and I was able to enjoy it more because of that. I, how does that not make it worse? <laughs> it, it really, it ruins the rest of the movie for me, but it doesn't take away the fact that I was, I was kind of with a lot of the film. I think it, it does a lot of interesting technical things. I'm not saying it's a good movie. I gave it two stars, mm. uh, but I think it's a, beautiful looking film i think there's a lot of really good performances in it i think uh as zach was saying it's more of a cohesive film than a lot of the stuff that i have under it um and no it it does not it does not stick the landing but it i i wish i hated this film <laughs> as much as jonathan does i really do i re i kind of wish this is not like this <sighs> I can understand you liking Gone with the Wind because of the reasons why you <laughs> see, like Gone see, with but the Wind. I don't like this. this. See, but I that's don't the like thing. this film. It's it's just like what you're saying is it's like, hey, because I was there for the ride, hoping to get this ending and I didn't, is like what being in a plane that's crashing, and just because you see the pilot trying to pull up, you still fucking crashed and died. Like, <laughs> did did I get a good meal on the flight? Where did you finish before it? Yeah, landed? exactly. Is it? Well, did they come? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think that is not a very apt analogy, uh, because it's a movie overall. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's one of those things where I I have to take it on its artistic merit. And consider that I will not suggest this film to anyone. I'm again, not saying it's a good movie and I don't condone anything yeah. that it ends up standing for. It's just, there's too much I like in it. I think the music's better than you did. I thought the cinematography and editing were better than you did. I just, I think it's a beautiful looking <laughs> film and it just, unfortunately, again, like gone with the wind, it's a lot of beauty to push a narrative that, doesn't deserve it but unfortunately yeah. unlike gone with the wind this is not a masterpiece yeah <laughs> well i think it's my number it's it's it is my number six worst at number 26 between around the world in 80 days and just above cimarron mm. there because i think cimarron's mm. just too incohesive yeah yeah my bottom three are broadway melody and now GG, and then Greatest Show on Earth. Yeah, for me, it's GG, yeah. then Cimarron, Broadway Melody, Going My Way, uh, Life of a Meal is only Greatest Show on Earth. So yeah, go, Going My Way was definitely much worse than this film. Because, <laughs> because that was about child grooming, too. 
he was diddling those kids. <laughs> okay. Implied, implied. No. Not even close. <laughs> All right, we're going to call it there. <laughs> My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok and on Twitch at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Critiker, Zach Master spelled with an X. And you can find me on TikTok, House Havoc, where I'm going to get on there some more. Yeah. How about pants. you, Paul? <laughs> Sweatpants. Pants. Pants. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Letterboxd at Father of the Fear across all platforms. And make sure to follow me on Letterboxd where you can keep up with my rankings on these films. What are we watching next week, Zach? Next week, we are watching Ben-Hur, which you can rent on Amazon. Oh, baby, I'm excited. <laughs> Apple TV, Google, iTunes, Voodoo, and YouTube. Another big show with Charlie Heston. Oh, yeah. We would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up Bitch Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. You can follow the show on Twitter at Oscar Rusty Pod and on Instagram at Oscar Rusty Pod and on Facebook at The Oscar Rusty Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a nice review on podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, preferably five stars because it really helps us to be seen in the almighty rhythm of Al Gore. Jonathan and Zach, I would like for you all to have a damn fine day. 